Stone gets the puck after the drop. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pots the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3-2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5-4 Vegas! A double overtime victory for the Golden Knights. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard inside T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Woo! I was keeping track of things today. We have the Realm Report on game day on the VGK channels. We've got VGK Today, the podcast, every day throughout the Stanley Cup playoffs. Nighttime at noon every Monday on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK channels. All centered around, swirling like satellites or moons. Uh, the VGK Insider Show, which comes your way every weekday for two hours uh, as we give you all the hockey talk on the flagship station of the Vegas School tonight's Fox Sports Las Vegas. So we're going to do something special today. Open up the phone lines uh, for the opening segment. It is game day, start of the second round of the Stanley Cup postseason. I want to know what are you most confident in from the Golden Knights standpoint and what is causing you anxiety? 702-876-1340. Confident in and causing anxiety. The CC of the calls today. And one thing that should be removed right off the bat is any consternation regarding Mark Stone. Mm -hmm. As he is going to play, there is uh, a little bit of concern after he left practice uh, at the end of the the skate yesterday uh, gingerly. Uh, Nothing to be worried about there. He's going to be in the lineup, so stroke that off your list of things to be concerned about. That's fantastic news, obviously, for the Golden Knights and for Golden Knights fans. So uh, the fact that you've got Mark Stone in the lineup tonight, that's that's huge because the, the a big part of this series for me is the Golden Knights and, and how balanced their lineup is, how deep this lineup is, and how much of a difference maker Mark Stone was in the first round of the playoffs. I think you need all of those things working in your favor, so Mark Stone suiting up tonight is huge. 702-876-1340. The opening segment on game day is yours. Uh, you may be heading down to the rink right now. Uh, we have a 6.30 face-off tonight at T-Mobile Arena. A little broadcast inside information for you. It's really not 6.30. Mm. It's going to be about 6.50 mm-hmm. by the time television gets uh, everything taken care of. Look You've got you. a double header uh, that's happening uh, with uh, a game that will start in just a, a little bit uh, between the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils. So uh, it says 6.30, but it's really going to be closer to 7. So even if you get stuck in that Tropicana nightmare mm-hmm. uh, and you're a little bit later coming uh, down uh, Frank Sinatra, you're going to be okay. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, that's great. But if you're already on your way here, uh, what a great atmosphere outside. Uh, what a cool thing with all the tattoos. People are still getting the tattoos as we roll along. Uh, this being the fourth home game of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights. And this place uh, should be rocking. The home series or the home and home series between the, uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, one of those unbalanced ones. It says 3-1 and one for Edmonton, mm-hmm. but 1-2-1 and one, uh, from the Vegas Golden Knights perspective mm-hmm. because of that uh, that. Uh, overtime result, and uh, it's a situation where uh, Bruce Cassidy has said, we haven't seen them at their best, uh, so we'll see if that happens tonight. Uh, Rick, you're leading us off today on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, what is yeah, keeping you up, and what are you most confident in? Well, I would like to say thanks, guy, for taking the call. Um, this start, I'm worried about them, you know, this first game, how they don't, you know, they don't come out real strong. And I'd heard someone, that might have been you guys, talking about being able to choose if you play at home or away. If you yeah. have, you know, the if you have home field, I mean, home ice and mm-hmm. which I think that'd be a good thing to play away. But of course, if they start good tonight, I think we have. And what I'm excited about is just the overall. I think they had a little chip on their shoulder because I think that they always say that Vegas. You know, we're I don't know if they say we're soft, but they say that. 
you know, we're a Western Conference team and we're not, you know, as tough as the East. But I think that gives the guys a little chip on their shoulder and makes them really want to grind this out. Uh, I love it. And it was uh, Ray Ferraro on the Chirp podcast uh, who brought out that idea of the team that has uh, the higher number of points uh, should be able to choose and would love to do that, at least for the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Good job. Uh, Thanks for leading us off with an awesome call. Rick, uh, Mike, uh, lead us uh, into what you're confident in and what is causing you anxiety going into game one. Well, Stephanie and I were grateful you opened the phone lines. We were talking about that yesterday, and I mentioned to Chris, when are they going to do this again? So thank you. And uh, I, I guess I have the most angst, as I think every Knights fan does, about every time Mark Stone makes a move, we hold our breath. How are we tonight? Tonight should be perfectly fine. Uh, all reports are uh, that uh, that he's good, that uh, whatever was causing the gingerness, if you want to uh, refer to it as that, uh, yesterday uh, is taken care of. There's nothing uh, that uh, needed to be followed up on that, and he's uh, worked his way through it, and he's going to be in the lineup tonight. Uh, you know as well as uh, everybody in this sphere that when it comes to Mark Stone's health, they are on the utmost as uh, taking precautions. So if, uh, especially with two days, that's the other thing. With two days between games, mm-hmm. uh, one and two, if there's anything uh, ill at all with Mark Stone or his body, that you would take those uh, extra two days and, and make it uh, a little more runway to make sure he's okay. So he's in the lineup tonight, which tells me that it's full, full to the floor ready to go. Well, and I'm going to say something that's not popular, but the NHL behaved like a, 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 not a major league this week. The NFL, the MLB, they, there's no way they would move a game by a day and inconvenience tens of thousands of people. I'm not one of them, but I can empathize with those of you who are. Yeah, I don't know how many tens of thousands. Mm-hmm. There, there, there are definitely people that will be in a bind, uh, probably more so Oiler fans, mm-hmm. to be quite yeah. honest, yeah. who booked their travel. I've heard from a few of those and now had to uh, change things around or, or couldn't get flights uh, going back, and they, they have to go back early and they have to miss game two. So uh, if that's the case, well, uh, it, it ended up being uh, on, the, on the right side of it. But uh, I understand what you mean. It, it was a bizarre situation. I've never seen it before, and I hope we don't again. Uh, what, what are you confident in, Mike? He's gone. No, we didn't get the we didn't get the confidence. He was too negative, Nelly. Mike, come on! It's it's game number one. Uh, let's go back to the phones uh, <laughs> as we uh, light them up. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. Caller on uh, line number two. Stephanie, welcome to the VGK Insider Show. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Good. Great. Good. So um, I will start off with what I'm nervous about, which I think um, any sane person is a little nervous about, and that would be Edmonton's power play. Um, I don't know how anyone could look at those numbers and think, oh, no, that's, that's nothing to deal with. Like, it's, mm-hmm. their power play is dangerous, and it's very, very kicking in all gears right now. Right. <laughs> what what um, about the positive side? On the positive side, um, they have some healthy players, right? Um, I know that there was, you know, a little bit of brouhaha going on about Mark Stone leaving the ice a little awkwardly, but Coach said he's playing tonight. Um, we have... I mean, really, who do we have injured right now? Thompson, of course, is still out. But, I mean, we have so many options right now to slot in and out of the lineup. I think that that's huge. I think that going into the second round of the playoffs with so many options available against a team like the Oilers is very important. It's huge. It really is. And, And that's where, again, I think you look at this series overall, over the course of seven games, it's going to be the depth for the Golden Knights, the options that Bruce Cassidy has, the ability to to change his lineup or change line configurations um, that that could ultimately end up being the difference. With with the Edmonton Oilers, we I believe that they are more than just Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but that those are the engines that kind of make everything go. And, and I think for you know for the Vegas Golden Knights, you slow them down a little bit, you win with your depth, and that's the recipe for success here. Thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Uh, get back to the phone. Go, sorry, you had something else there? Okay. Uh, it sounded like she had something else to say, and then Chapman just 
cut her right off. Absolutely you, cut you, her right off as she was uh, as she was about to say. No, something. you said thanks. The rude and, and the insensitivity thanks, so of Chris it's, Chapman. It's amazing. Uh, Seven oh two. Uh, by the way, Chapman was starting stuff in the media room. I told today. you, I'll Ryan. Get, uh, I told uh-huh. you. Yeah, uh, yep. yep. just I, a little bit. I, I've heard this stirring story. it up. Seven oh two eight seven six thirteen forty. Uh, Stephanie has been let go by Chapman, so that means there's a, a line open uh, right now. Seven oh two eight seven six thirteen forty. What are you confident in? What is causing anxiety? Everybody's on a b- little bit of both sides of this. It's mm-hmm. such a close series. Uh, Vegas is a home underdog mm-hmm. for the first time since year number one. Yep. That uh, jumps out at me, given that there's usually a lot of support for Vegas at the window mm-hmm. because of the hometown team. Uh, so that uh, that's a, a little bit different in the sense of where the money is pointing in uh, the direction of this series. Yeah, it, it is odd uh, in a sense that the Golden Knights are, are home underdogs in this series, but it just speaks to, again, I, I firmly believe that the Vegas Golden Knights, the Edmonton Oilers, are, are the two best teams right now in the Western Conference. That's no disrespect to the Dallas Stars. I think Dallas is a heck of a hockey team as well. But throughout this season, it's been Vegas and Edmonton really jockeying for position at the top of the division and the conference. And, and I think that it's, it's pretty awesome that we get this matchup in the playoffs this year because you want, the, you want to see the best go at it, and that's what I think we're getting. Yeah, I don't think the gap's very big, though. Between Vegas and Edmonton? No. No, no, between Vegas, Edmonton, Dallas, uh, and Seattle. Seattle's had great pushes Seattle's- this year, and Dallas has been there all season long. And I've heard that take a, a few different times, and I'm like, yeah, sure, it went down to the wire between Vegas and Edmonton, but the Stars had some significant stretches this year, and the Seattle Kraken had some unbelievable runs that that got them in the playoffs. It ended up being a wild card spot, but mm-hmm. boy, did they have it going and were looking like they might push for a division title at uh, one point themselves. Yeah, I I still think that from a consistency standpoint, all throughout the season, it's been Vegas, Edmonton at the top or near the top, uh, from wire to wire with the Dallas Stars. They had a, they had a legitimate chance to kind of wrap up their division and they kind of let it fall by the wayside too and and the Colorado Avalanche sneak in and and they take the the top seed there so um, in in that regard I'm still going with Vegas and Edmonton if you give me an opportunity I'm taking both of those teams over the Dallas Stars and the Seattle here's the problem the favorites have not fared great so far in this playoffs Mm -hmm. and go a step further road teams continue to get it done it uh, continued into the second round with last night's action with Florida and uh, Seattle being able to carry over very emotional first-round upsets and uh, produce Game 1 victories. That will be uh, a telling tale going into uh, this series. But Nate Ewell, uh, my boss over at the Vegas School of the Knights uh, Communication and PR, uh, pointed out that, uh, that this season you had uh, a handful of teams that posted their best road records mm-hmm of franchise histories so that when you factor that in and vegas is one of them mm-hmm. uh when you factor that in hey you you shouldn't be as surprised but it does jump out at you when you see the lopsidedness or lack of impact on the positive result of home ice yeah it'll be really interesting to see kind of how that plays out in this series i think with the Oilers and the Golden Knights, these are two teams that can win on the road. I don't think that there's any intimidation going into a building or, or playing in a certain situation. So I'm expecting a very even series, and I'm expecting both teams to win games uh, on the road. I, I just am. 702-876-1340. Back to the phones uh, we go. Caller number uh, line four. It's Cameron. Uh, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, uh, so I think my uh, biggest concern, I mean, the, the power play is a big concern. Really, uh, my biggest concern facing uh, a team like the Oilers is if we do manage to get up, you know, a couple goals on them, uh, holding that lead is kind of my biggest concern. Uh, I don't remember which game against L.A. it was, but the one where they, you know, were down three to nothing after the first and came back really, really strong. That's kind of what uh, gets me a little, you know, uneasy. But uh, as far as... uh, what I'm confident in, and this doesn't really have to do particularly with the Golden Knights, is really anything can happen in uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, man. Like, uh, as you were saying, you know, the, nope, if, if anybody would have told you that the uh, Panthers would have won in seven, 
they wouldn't have believed you. If they would have told you that Seattle would have won in seven, they wouldn't have believed you. And really, anything can happen. I, I guess I take uh, take a little bit of solace in that. But uh, I'm hoping that uh, Jack Eichel is uh, uh, real strong for us. I know there's a lot of pressure on him as far as maintaining, you know, the the superstar status that uh, has been placed on him, but. I don't know. I'm I'm feeling good about the boys tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna go the positive route. I'm feeling good about the boys tonight. I just hope that uh, if it comes down to, you know, the third period and we're up to that, we can really you know button things down and you know not let in any any uh, like goals. Gonna play off that in just a second, but Cameron, I heard the blinker on. Were you turning left or right? I'm always curious. I was making a U-turn actually. Really? <laughs> yeah, I, I I nailed it. Yeah, no. Uh, well, you're on the radio. Off. You're making a U-turn. That's impressive. Phenomenal. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's not my first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done, Cameron. Given <laughs> some of the people that are passing the way here, uh, that's still impressive. Uh, when you when you talk about anything can happen, you're, you're right about that. And on the Realm Report today, uh, mm-hmm. the stream, the pregame stream that uh, that we did with Ashley Vice and Dave Gosher, Shane Adi, uh, Darren Elliott, uh, Darren Elliott and I actually addressed this, Cameron. Uh, there's There's a pull push or a uh, a good bad to having a lead on the Edmonton Oilers you get in front mm-hmm. by two goals three goals it's great except now you're going to see more of them by them I mean Drysaddle and McDavid sure so it's uh, be careful what you wish for in the lead mm-hmm. because they're going to come back and they're going to double shift those guys uh, even more so, uh, instead of one every four shifts, mm. they'll do it every second shift. Yeah, and the game Cameron was talking about, it was game number four. The Kings amassed a three-goal lead. It was 3 nothing at the end of the first period. And then you got the the essentially putting uh, of, of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl together and then also double-shifting them on different lines to gain uh, the matchup advantage. And, and for the Kings, they did not really have an answer for it in that game. And that's where, in my estimation... The Kings lost the series. You have a chance to go up three to one. You're up three to nothing on home ice. Uh, you got to find a way to put that away. But as as Darren mentioned, and as as Darren Elliott brought up, like you're going to get more Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and that is a very very difficult thing when they're already playing about 24 minutes a night. So here's here's my strategy. Okay, what's that? You keep it close for the first 50 minutes. Okay, and then you take a lead. With nine minutes to go, and you really lock it down from there. But because you want the lead with enough time left, so it's not causing any, because you're not pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you don't want it too much that you're you're causing them to double shift. So uh, I'm I'm looking for a tie game for the first 51 minutes. Okay, and then Vegas goes ahead by one, and they add an empty netter. It- and it should, that's just my game plan. I don't know whether Bruce is involved in this, uh, whether he's listening right now and he's saying that uh, we should have put that into the, into the binder and, uh, and, and gone along with it. But uh, that, that's just me. Uh, tell me, do you, do you agree with that? 702-876-1340. Uh, it sounds pretty sound. What, uh, you know how we always hear like three goal leads, the, 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 the most dangerous lead in hockey? Used to be two. Yeah, sure. Um, what's the what's the safest lead in hockey, Darren? Seven, seven goals. Yeah. Okay. I always tell my guys. It, let me ask. I've you. never it, I've never lost a game when my team scored nine. That's a good point. So so I I would go in the National Hockey League the way things are going right now. Mm-hmm. Seven would be the safest lead. Is a seven goal lead safe against the Edmonton Oilers? How much time's left? I don't play by play by whatever rules you want to. Like let's just say. We're talking about 30 minutes left in the game. Like, the, the Oilers have half a game to work I'm with. I'm on the fence for that one. Yeah. Because they can just I, they can score I, so much. Uh, back to the phone too. lines, uh, 702-876-1340. Uh, online number three, Rob, uh, you're on the VGK Insider Show. What are you confident in? What's causing anxiety going into game one? I'm definitely confident. I mean, we should be. We had the best record. We're healthy. I think we're playing some of our best hockey. And we're at home. We got home ice. Uh the one thing I think this game, I think, is incredibly important because Edmonton's had our number. And I think Edmonton felt, you know, if we could get past the Kings, I don't think they respect us like they did L.A. And I think we need to come out and win tonight to shut that down. And I think we need to get a, a little psyche of our own. I mean, I, I think that 
I think the Oilers are in our heads a little bit. You know, they they really took it to us the last time. But I, I just think uh, I think the guy that's going to really be important tonight is going to be Carrier. I could see that line, mm-hmm. our yeah. third and fourth lines, really being crucial. I would love to see Wah get going because I think the first two lines are going to cancel each other out. I think our, our advantage is our four lines. Well, that's a great think- recipe for Vegas. If, if that happens and the top six forwards on each side uh, are, are a draw, then that's huge for the Golden Knights. The thing that scares me and probably other fans is, sure, that it's, it's not so much their, their power play. Yes, it's, it's great. But it changes the way the other team plays because I don't want the Golden Knights to be passive. If anything, I want them to hit dry saddle and, and I want them to hit their best players. Yeah. I think sometimes you respect those players too much, and I think you have to hit them. But I just don't want the Golden Knights to say, well, no, we gotta, we got to be cool because we don't want to get in the box. No. I, I would rather them send a message, be physical, and, and see where it goes from there. But I like our chances. That's a great point, Rob. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the call. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, live from T-Mobile Arena, getting set for Game 1 of the second-round series between the top two teams in the Western Conference, Vegas and Edmonton. Evan is on line two. Oh. You're on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, guys. How you doing? We're awesome. You, buddy? <laughs> doing awesome. Hey, so I'll put my two cents in. I think a good thing for us is we got Shea back. And mm-hmm. if it was me, I would make sure Shea Theodore is on the ice when McDavid is on the ice. Why? The few times we've seen Edmonton here in Vegas and we've been at the games, Shea seems to have his kryptonite. I think Shea's sneaky speed and his defensiveness can keep McDavid at bay. I like. It. I don't know if Dubé Drysdale, but McNabb backing up Shea is a big man back there to clog up the middle. Yeah, having that uh, that top six going at the start of the series is a is a huge advantage. Now, uh, when they went up to Edmonton, that start of the home and home series uh, late in the season, that was the game Ben Hutton actually went in, mm-hmm. and he was outstanding. He missed twenty one straight games with a yeah. healthy scratch, and he went in and he was awesome. But nothing, yeah. uh, nothing gets. Uh, does better than your starting six defenseman when you're the Vegas School of the Knights and you look at that track record. Oh, our starting six, I think, are the could possibly be some of the the best top six in the NHL. They gel so well together. So you're and confident then I think in, in on our Theodore? offense having yep. Carrier, like the last guy said, having Carrier back. If he plays his game and his style mixed in there with Waugh, they're dangerous if they get clicking and get rolling. Uh, Nick Waugh is uh, expected to uh, produce more in this series. We'll see what happens with the power play. Do you? Uh, before we let you go, Evan, uh, do you feel like Vegas is an underdog in this series, the way the window has it? I think when, when you look at the paper, the paper says yes. Well, the, paper, the paper says they, they, were, in they won the our the, home ice advantage, yeah. our, our sixth man on the ice. I'm just curious about it because uh, Vegas had more points during the regular season, more wins during the regular season. They they head to head. I know that the the Edmonton Oilers had more points, but uh, it it surprises me that that it's a, uh, a swing towards the visitors who don't have home ice advantage in this series. Correct. Now I think when you look at the longevity, what we're eight, nine, and two. Yeah. I think against Edmonton, and. But you don't know who was on the ice, who was off the ice. I didn't get a chance to look at all that up. But you've got the number one and number two draft picks. Yep. They're separated by, what was it, 0.3 tenths of a second when they raced each other in the All-Star <laughs> break. A couple, you know, years back when they raced one another. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's so close. Same number of I points think. in the in the 13 games that they played. They both had 15 points, so that's a saw. Oh. Yeah, I think I think our sixth man's the crowd. Love it. I, I think that's where we get them. Awesome stuff. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game. That's Evan on uh, on line number two uh, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Do you think that 
it's justified that Vegas is an underdog, or should it be a pick 'em? I think it should be a pick 'em. I, I don't know that you can really look at this matchup and, and look at how things are right now with both hockey clubs and determine a clear cut favorite in this series. I, I think it's going to be incredibly close. I, I'm, I'm going to be shocked, legitimately shocked, if we're not back here in about uh, 10 days, 12 days' time for a game seven. That's how close I think these two teams are. I think the, the, the reason why the Golden Knights are labeled underdogs is because you, you're going to put a ton of money on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the points that they produced this year, the way that they played in the first round, specifically Dreisaitl to me, um, I, I think that you, you go with that elite, elite talent, and it's hard to argue that the Edmonton Oilers um, aren't going to have the two best players in this series. And we're spectacular. Yeah. After the All-Star break. Unreal. And yet Vegas held them off. That's the, that's the part that I keep going back to. I, I totally concur that Edmonton was out of their minds yeah. since the All-Star game. But they couldn't catch Vegas. No. Could never pass the Golden Knights and take uh, control of the, of the division and the conference, which tells me that Vegas must have been pretty good too. Well, they, they were both really good down the stretch. And, you know, again, I, I think that's the, the beauty of, of this matchup, the, the beauty of the fact that we get this, this playoff matchup between Vegas and Edmonton is these were the two best teams down the stretch. In my estimation, they were the two best teams in the Western Conference for the majority of the season. And we get to determine once and for all over a seven-game series which of these two teams is the best this year. Uh, Shout-out to John who I ran into yesterday driving around Summerlin. Mm. Literally driving around Summerlin. Mm. We were driving down the street, and I heard this guy, Darren, and I looked over, and he's in his pickup truck, and uh, he's yelling, I listen to you all the time and uh, love the show, and Mm. it's awesome. So, uh, John, I said that I would give you a shout-out yesterday, and we got deep into it, uh, but thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for being along this ride, and can't wait for the the next uh, six weeks as we work our way uh, towards the Stanley Cup championship. The power play is what everybody talks about that could be the swing in this series. There's other things, which includes uh, Eichel against McDavid, uh, the the blue line impact uh, on both sides, and whether or not uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers can rival the depth of that starting six for the Vegas Golden Knights. And goaltending is not getting enough conversation because they. I think it's because they don't have, in this series, uh, tried and true names, and we don't really know what to expect on either side. So there hasn't been a deep dive on, on what the goaltenders are going to give. But if, if it is the power play, how many goals does Vegas have to score to the Edmonton Oilers production on the power play for it to be a wash? Vegas isn't going to go one for one <laughs> on the Oilers power play. Yeah, I am not suggesting that. That man advantage is historic and has got better at the most important time of the year against a really good team in the Los Angeles Kings. Yeah. So if, let's say, there's 10 power play goals for, for Edmonton, and that's just because it's a round number. I'm not saying they're going to score 10, but if there's, if there's 10 power play well, they uh, nine, goals. They had nine in the first round. Okay. If there's 10, how many does Vegas have to score on the power play to, to negate that advantage. Ah, uh, man. I, I I'm would, going half. I, I, if, you, if you cut it in half and you score five or, so, or, or, it's, or it's eight and you score four and, and, you, and you trim that in half, mm-hmm. that is and, – and not saying they're going to score ten. So if they score eight or six, uh, you score three, that's, that's still pretty good uh, in, in context to what the Oilers have done. Is, is that too low to saw off their power play? Well, I, like let's look at it objectively, right? The Kings had seven power play goals, and it wasn't enough, mm. right? So, like, I, I I think you you have to start at a baseline of of half of what the production is from the Oilers on the power play. So if they score 10, the Golden Knights need at at minimum five. And I think you're probably wanting or needing a little bit more than that because, again, the Edmonton Oilers scored nine power play goals in their first-round matchup against the Kings. The Kings had seven of their own, and they lost in six games. So it's it's hard. Like You're going to either have to really outscore and outpace Edmonton at five-on-five 
or you're going to. So need what's your, your number? Where's your, what's your I, ratio? I think I think you're you're looking at half at a at a minimum. I'd probably bump that up to maybe sixty sixty five percent of what the Oilers are scoring. Fair. Uh, it it's just an interesting formula mm-hmm. because you're not going to be able to do one for one, but you can negate it big time. Uh, just by how much. Uh, one final note uh, coming in, just a text message uh, sent in, and this is from Brian M. It says, I find myself thinking a lot about two years ago where VGK contained McKinnon and Rantanen on a Colorado team that looked like a wagon. Now, that was digging a hole and climbing out of it, winning four straight. Uh, they were in a, a world of a discomfort coming home uh, off those uh, two games in Colorado. And then just ran the table. Can you see the same type of uh, approach? Not losing the first two games, but the same type of you're facing a team that's so good, so fast, so highly thought of, Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to put them into a uh, coma-like environment of their production. Yeah, I I think that the Golden Knights can absolutely frustrate the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl because they were able to frustrate a, a team in in as as Brian rightly points out with Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and Gabe Landeskog and Kale McCarr. They were able to take the the options that those players wanted to have, carrying pucks into the zone, making the plays that they wanted to make. The Golden Knights were able to take that away. They were able to slow them down, and and the more that they slowed them down, the more that they made the Colorado Avalanche have to come 200 feet through five different guys, uh, the more frustrated Colorado became, the more they would kind of force plays, and the more the Golden Knights would feed off of that and turn it into goals. Boy, you see the importance of taking care of the puck when Vegas has it in the neutral zone and not turning it over. You have to be ultra careful there and not give the Edmonton Oilers an opportunity to go quickly the other way while you're heading towards their net and making an odd man rush uh, on your goal. That's going to be pivotal, and uh, you'll be able to tell early on uh, by the look on Bruce Cassidy's face whether they're being careful with the puck. And then just the neutral zone defending. When Edmonton is able to get the puck in their zone, a breakout, how clean is it, how fast is it, how successful and in sync is it, how much disruption can Vegas cause? It, it'll be fascinating to see, to, to be completely honest with you. I think for the Golden Knights, it, it, puck management's going to be key, obviously, in this series. And you're, you're going to want to disrupt the Edmonton Oilers before Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and this team can really build up that steam because if they start to bring pucks into the zone, they're carrying it in, that's when they're at their most dangerous. We've got our villain already out of the gate, so that's going to be fun. We'll get into that side of it as we continue. It's a abbreviated 90-minute show today as the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers will face off just after 6.30 uh, at T-Mobile Arena. People uh, are about to uh, come inside the rink in a couple of minutes, uh, about half an hour. The doors open up. Uh, everybody's uh, gathering outside and Toshiba Plaza having some fun there. We'll get into other action as the... Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils are launching their series tonight, and road teams have been very successful. Uh, It's one-timers. News and notes from around the National Hockey League coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. A quick look at news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Brought to you by Paul Padalaw. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. National Hockey League continues to unveil its award finalists. Let's get to the Calder. Rookie of the Year in the National Hockey League comes down to Matty Beneers of the Seattle Kraken, who have a one nothing lead over the Dallas Stars in their second-round series. Owen Power of the Buffalo Sabres, first overall pick from two years ago. And Edmonton Oiler goaltender Stuart Skinner. This is an award that... Logan Thompson was right in the mix of yeah. all season. Yeah. Gets hurt a couple of times, and that takes him out of the running, or else he would be a Calder finalist based on his uh, his performance going up to the All-Star game. But Stuart Skinner, who was Thompson's partner uh, in Florida at the All-Star game, what a beautiful mustache. Uh, I, ho- <laughs> I hope Vegas beats him. But what a beautiful mustache. Uh, Owen Power and Maddie Beneers, mm-hmm. your Rookie of the Year candidates. I just want to give an, uh, 
mention Wyatt Johnson of the Dallas Stars yeah. could have easily been in this group. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you on that one for sure. Um, listen, I, I'm willing to just go right in with Stuart Skinner because of the mustache. Like, there's there's no other real reason that I, I want him to win the award other than I, I want the mustache to win the award. Benier should win. He will. I, I think he will. Given all the hype going yep. into the season, yep. uh, all the eyeballs that were on him, uh, does this make you happy, though? The finalists of Beneers, Power, and Skinner. Does it make me happy? Yeah. I'm, I'm not, like, living and dying with the, the Calder Trophy. Well, finalist. yesterday you were – see, you don't even know what you were up in arms about no, yesterday. No, I was. I and was, now it goes, it, no, goes it, with you. The, You've got the, two the, Western the, Conference guys in here, the, the and Calder, you just let it fall under no, the, the no, radar. It, I, I, no, it doesn't do much for me. I don't really care all that much. I think that it's ridiculous. We were blaming the Eastern Ange, bias yesterday. Yes, because Andre Kopitar should be a finalist for the Selkie. What a goofy award anyway, the Selkie. Uh, you can be mad the, about it the, all you want to. But, but you you are all up in arms, and now you don't care. Hey, uh, yeah, you know whatever, what? Whatever, whatever what? fits your fancy uh, on no, that particular No, you know day. what it is. You know what it is. I, I thought long and hard yesterday about the conversation we had with Lauren Brossois about just kind of letting things go. I'm zenning out, man. Yeah. I'm a different person today. Yeah. It doesn't work unless you're yeah. a goalie or a pitcher. Is there any other You're, you're a goalie. You can't let things go. What are you talking I, I about? Fully, I fully admit that. I can't let it go. But uh, where it comes in the handiest is a goalie or a pitcher. Mm -hmm. Maybe a quarterback after you throw an interception, if you can get back at it. I don't know. Hey, uh, Dallas comes back to tie and force overtime. Mm -hmm. But they lose game one in overtime for the second straight series as Seattle wins. And then Florida capitalizes on a great early start and upset the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. One's a second-year franchise doing this. The other one is a President's Trophy winner last year, but 17th overall in the standings against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, who are you more surprised at the game one result last night? Uh, I guess I'm a little bit more surprised by the Seattle Kraken, and not so much that they did win, but how many goals they scored. I said yesterday that I didn't believe the Kraken would be able to score enough on Jake Ottinger to win the series. I still believe that, even though they put five on the board in game number one. I expect Ottinger to get better. I expect the, the chances to kind of dry up at, at times over the course of the series. So nothing's really changed, but the fact that Seattle was able to put five up on Ottinger and that they were able to go into Dallas and win game one, uh, that was a, a bit surprising to me. Did you hear it was Joe Pavelski's fault that uh, Dallas lost? Well, he did everything he could to make them win. No, no. It was his, it was his fault. They, what? They, yeah. Couldn't score five. Yeah, that's good. That, that, it came down to that. I bet. Sometimes I uh, sometimes you just have uh, expectations uh, that you can't meet, and uh, it, it's, it's life that works out to it. Hey, the Rangers were talking today mm -hmm. about their loss against the New Jersey Devils. Yep. A lot of comparisons made to the likes of the Washington Capitals and the St. Louis Blues, who had a core that went through some challenges over the years before finally breaking through. Mm -hmm. And players and coaches alike admitted that they've talked about that. Do the New York Rangers fit that ilk of some of those teams that had to battle and claw and fight their way uh, to a, a championship after Tampa Bay Lightning had some stumbles before they broke Colorado Avalanche the, the same way. Do the Rangers fit the same uh, sort of wardrobe? No, they're, they don't. They're not to me. This is two years, right? Like there was a rebuild. And last year, what they were able to do, getting into the playoffs, going all the way to the conference final, looking like they were right there with Tampa Bay, like that was the Rangers arriving ahead of schedule. In context, this year's a bit more disappointing, but I don't think that the Rangers have been around it long enough in order for those comparisons to be valid. Sergei Bobrovsky has a lead in the second round, did not start the playoffs, behind a journeyman who spent most of his life in the minors. Mm -hmm. Is that a more unexpected story than Stuart Skinner against Lauren Bersois? Either one of those starting at minors. 
Um, it's right up there for me. It's 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 close, but I don't think anybody, if given the opportunity going into this season, would have had Lauren Brossois and Stuart Skinner in this aspect. Like I think that there's obviously an avenue. Anytime you're talking about the Florida Panthers and Sergey Bobrovsky, that he's going to eventually find himself in the crease, especially in the playoffs. Um, but I, I think that it's pretty surprising where we're at with goaltending for a number of teams. Wow. When you look at uh, at Florida, at uh, Carolina, uh, New Jersey has switched. Uh, there's been a lot of flip-flops. I'm on record. You'll see all four goaltenders in this series at some point, maybe not starting, uh, but you'll see them at, at some point. Dallas is about the only team where I think there's a lock. You'll only see Jake Ottinger. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I agree. The final eight teams. I agree with that. I agree with that. Maybe, maybe Seattle. Maybe no, no. No, I, I think Seattle. I think I think of the teams look, remaining. Look, if Dallas doesn't make a change in goal yesterday, the way that game started, uh huh. They're not making a change no, I, in goal. And we saw that actually with uh, Pete DeBoer when he coached San Jose in, in 2019. He, he doesn't change the goaltenders very often. So I think Ottinger's in there. Uh, I, I agree win, with win, that. Lose, win, lose, or draw. But Seattle, they could make an in-game change at any point. I don't, I don't know that I'm going Martin Jones. Just saying. He saved their season. Eh. Philip he Kru did. Philip Grubauer has been fantastic. He, I, I he has, but Jones, uh, the front half of the year, it wasn't even close uh, who was their, their go-to guy. Those are your one-timers as uh, we look ahead and through other action around the National Hockey League. It is a, a New Jersey deficit right now against the Carolina Hurricanes in the early port parts of uh, Game 1 in that 2 nothing in favor of the Carolina Hurricanes at home in game number one. We're back to set up uh, the abbreviated hour number two on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hey, just uh, you make a stick tap out to the guys that are working their butts off the extra players uh, on the taxi squad with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Jamie Heward uh, helping them run on those drills. Uh, Joel Ward. Uh, we've got uh, Freddie Brathwaite, Misha Donskov uh, every day uh, over at City National Arena putting in their time. You never know when somebody might be promoted off that group onto the main group, but uh, there's this uh, shadow team that goes with the main group all the time, but they're they're uh, doing their own practices, they're doing their own workouts all the time. The coaches are getting them uh, positive and staying positive, and uh, awesome stuff with all the players and uh, and the coaches uh, over at City National Arena. We got a chance to see Huey and Freddie and uh, Joel Ward uh, talk to a, a, the other day uh, at length. So uh, some good people. Yeah, as you said, you, you never really know what uh, what the future holds and whether or not uh, you'll you'll need to, to dip into the reserves. So for the Golden Knights, you've got uh, you've got players ready to go. One hundred percent healthy outside of Logan Thompson right now, which means Mark Stone is in tonight uh, yeah. for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, that was a major story today at, at practice, right up there with Chris Chapman. Stealing a oh, chair in the media room. We all have our pseudo unofficial assigned seats, and Chapman so not just rolls in. Assigned. No, but it's a tradition. I know That's... where I sit every media conference uh, for the head coach mm -hmm. or something uh, uh, more formal. Uh, we all kinda, <laughs> we all have our spots. Chapman rolls in today mm -hmm. and throws caution to the wind and just says, "There's none of that." Going on, and I'll take things I... that never happened for five hundred. Yeah, yeah, Alex Chapman, you know what I'm going to do? Tomorrow, I'm going to sit in Millsy's seat. I yes, yes. We'll just say I didn't stand for it. I stood up for my friends, uh -huh. and I let everybody know that oh. Chapman was oh. out. Oh, so so Vince, oh. so, so Vince Sapienza is your, is your friend now. In your top oh, five, he's in right? your top five. You just said stand, stand up, up for your friends. friends. I never said it was Vince. I did. Did, did. did I? Did I say it? Was I Vince? said it was I, Vince. I never, yeah, I never okay. said. I never I'm, 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 Vince. I'm calling you out. I think. I think Vince is a is a good person. He's, hey, he's close. Oh, by the way, he's your friend. Only having five friends came in handy this week. I'll tell you why after this, as we bring in hour number two of the Fox Sports Las Vegas VGK Insider Show. 
Stevenson to the outside. They score! From the left wing circle, Jack Eichel makes it 2-0 Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front. He scores! Five two nights. Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Getting it going. Put your sticks down let's drop the puck because Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, Chris Chapman ready to go. A half hour left in the VGK Insider Show and then we will make way for Ryan Wallace and the pregame portion leading up to game one of this second round series between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. The first time that these two franchises will meet in the Stanley Cup playoffs and I think this is the first of many you will see an added rivalry between these two teams, and it could easily take over as the Golden Knights' main rival or most passionate rival in the Western Conference because of what we could see in the next couple of years between these two. You're right on the money, Darren. I think that this is, hopefully for the Golden Knights, the next great rivalry that they have. We've seen what... Uh, a couple of meetings in the playoffs can do between the Golden Knights and the San Jose Sharks a couple of years back. But I think right now with where the Edmonton Oilers are in terms of their development, where their window is with their two key players in Dreisaitl and McDavid, and really what the Golden Knights have been able to build and build and build upon from year one up until now, I expect the Western Conference and specifically the Pacific Division to run through these two teams. I wasn't thinking any of that. Okay. I was just going to Vander Kane, baby. Okay. Back in the house. Uh, Public enemy number one uh, against the Vegas Golden Knights and the Vegas Golden Knight fans. We are going to get a steady diet of booze against Evander Kane tonight and for this series. Uh, okay. Maybe, maybe. I, I think that certainly Golden Knights fans, there's no love lost between them and Evander Kane. But uh, my guess is... It doesn't have as much bite as it used to. I don't know. We'll see. Give we'll, it 10 minutes. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, it, it's going to depend on Evander, right? Like, it's going to depend on Evander, one, if he's scoring goals, two, if he's delivering big hits or he's taking runs, whatever it might be. Uh, I think it depends one on One of those Evander. things is happening. Okay. Well. He's, he's taking penalties or he's throwing hits or he's taking runs or he's scoring goals. One of those things will happen. To be honest with you, I think public enemy number one isn't going to be Evander Kane. I think it's going to be Leon Dreisaitl. Mm. I think it's going to be Leon Dreisaitl. By the end of this series, I think that if you're going to ask Vegas Golden Knights fans which player they just do not like from the Edmonton Oilers, I think it's going to be Dreisaitl. What, what does Dreisaitl do that draws people's ire? Literally everything. He's too good. He's so good. Well, Connor McDavid so should good. be the the enemy in every. No, building. no. I think Leon Drysidle is is in terms of taking over a game at times. I, I think Drysidle is is right there one two with Connor McDavid, and I think that Drysidle has a bite to his game, an edge to his game that Connor doesn't really have at this point. He, Leon's going to take petty slashing calls. Leon's going to take petty penalties and those types of things are going to draw the ire of the fans. See, I disagree with that. I, I'm with Darren on this one. I think it's Evander yeah. Kane. They, there's, a, there's already a built-in dislike yeah. of him. It, it I, comes, I think, oh, just add water. It's I think, done. I think there's a, a heavy, a heavily, I think that there's a dislike of Leon Dreisaitl. See, but you, you're saying you, the petty slashes, and, and that puts him in the penalty box. People don't like Kane because of the stuff that he does after the whistle that doesn't get yeah. blown. He hasn't done very much of that. Well, he, he'll ramp one. it up this series, I'm sure. I'm worried about Wallace, that he wouldn't be on board with his take. That, I don't that think, makes I don't, me just I think I it's, I think it's I think it's too easy. About it's too this, easy of a take. It doesn't sanity. have to be hard, though. Sometimes no. the best option is the easiest Chapman. option. What, what do I subscribe to? The easy way, and that is front and center <laughs> with this. Chapman and I are all over yes. it. So the window uh, that I saw, at least uh, the over-under for goals per game, when I was looking around, seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Would you take the over or the under? Over. Chapman? I like the over as well. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go under eight and a half. It would have to get to, which is insane for a Stanley Cup playoff, 
But that's where I am going into game number one. We'll see what uh, what transpires. Bruce Cassidy really excited ab- about this series, uh, in a great mood. Uh, one of the uh, things he was talked about uh, today was the status of his lineup uh, going forward. And then, of course, there's uh, questions about special teams. Uh, this is Bruce Cassidy after the optional morning skate at City National Arena. Uh, Thank you. It's Las Vegas Regional. We did see, obviously, Shea and Braden out there again this morning. Uh, are they good to go? And if so, how important is that to have your blue line back for this series? Yeah, they're, they're in. Um, it's a big piece of what makes us successful. I mean, I like what our depth guys have done all year, but still, Shea and Naber are, are a strong pair. Played together for a while. Uh, when those six are in together, I think that's when we've seen us play our best hockey. So, uh, like any other coach, you want to be at maximum health, and we are back there. Jesse Granger with The Athletic. Um, you mentioned yesterday you weren't worried about Stone leaving early. Has anything changed on that? No, he'll play tonight. We, you, you mentioned um, last series was pretty physical against Winnipeg, and maybe they kind of initiated it and you guys punched back. Do you want to be the aggressor in this series in terms of physicality? Yeah, I mean, I think that was a bit more than maybe their game plan to – you saw it against Stone and Eichel, and I think that's normal. I mean, if we can hit McDavid and Dreisaitl and slow them down, of course we want to do that. But for me, it's a little bit more, it runs deeper than that. What was effective for us was our forecheck against their decor. Their decor contributed a lot of offense for Winnipeg, They're getting up the ice. And, you know, Morrissey's out early on a, on a physical confrontation, maybe initiated by him, but still, uh, Pionk, we wasn't able to get up the ice as much, replacing Morrissey's minutes because we were, you know, we were hard on him. Uh, and that would be our goal. Put, put it behind them and not allow the Bouchards and the Eckholms and to be part of their offense as easily. Um, pin them in their end for a little while. You know, and hopefully get good ozone puck protection from that and, and chances and goals from that. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that if you can keep the puck out of their top guy's hands and keep them checking in their own end, it's, it's, it's hard to draw penalties when you're in your own end, right, defending. So there, there's a lot that goes into that game plan. And whether you can execute or not, I think, Everybody will try to do that against Edmonton. and um, So that comes down to some good decisions with the puck between the blue lines. We got better with that against Winnipeg. Last time Edmonton was in here, we weren't very good at that, so we, we have to buy into that. Hopefully it's 7 o'clock tonight, not game two or three, but that, you know that's, that, that's what we're up against. And when we've been good, that's when our game is on. And when we haven't, we've, we've had to chase it. <clears throat> Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. Guys, the last couple of days have been itching to, to get this going. I guess just what is the mood of the room right now? What do you expect, I guess, in terms of the pace at the start of Well, the mood's one? good. I mean, the guys advanced, right? Most teams, you come out of the first round, everybody's excited, all 16 teams that made it, and health, not healthy, but feeling good. And now you go through the playoff attrition, so to speak, and um, we came through the first round okay, so uh, we're good in that regard. And, yeah, you kind of sit around and wait. Now you, you want to play. I mean, that's, that's what you're here for. Get, get out there and get playing. There's enough talking and enough meetings with the damn coaches about this video and this system and that. They just want to play hockey now. And I think that sorts itself out as you go along, some of those adjustments. Um, we feel there's a, a way we can play and be successful, and so do they. You know, and usually that kind of curves and bends a little bit along the way, and that's the beauty of the playoffs. So, yeah, that, that's, that's our, how our mood is right now. Uh, and usually at the start of these games, yeah, they can be fic- you know, physical, but it's going to be sloppy too because teams haven't played in a while. I mean, I looked at Seattle last night in Florida, played pretty well. They came out of a seven-game series. They still have that competitive edge. Now, when you get rest in a series, that usually helps you in the long run, but maybe not the first game, right, because you've lost a bit of what you had. So um, they've been off almost as long as us, so it would be interesting to see how the teams respond to that or they get right back to it. <clears throat> Ken Volkeson and not Vegas. The Oilers have said they're kind of expecting a much different series between the two different teams, the Kings and you guys. How different of a series are you expecting from them to Winnipeg? Well, they got more firepower. I thought if we could contain certain guys on, on Winnipeg, it really increased our chances because, um, well, that's just Winnipeg. I, that's what I felt. And if we could not allow their D to get involved, that takes even another layer of offense away from them. So uh, I think Winnipeg, when they're at their best, and they would tell you this, is they're a strong defensive team that checks well and is big and will score goals, but, you know, it's an all-around game. Uh, Edmonton's the leading, you know, goal-scoring team in the league, five-on-five, power play, whatever, however you want to look at it. So that's the challenge for us. Their, their high-end players are, are, 
I mean, they're the, maybe the, arguably the two best league, players in the National Hockey League offensively. So that's what's in front of you. you got to minimize the damage. So for us, we don't feel like, oh, if we don't shut them out, we can't win. We're going to have to score goals in this series. We understand that, kind of like we did against Winnipeg. But um, it, it's going to be a tougher task to keep those guys just because of who they are off the score sheet. And now they've got a little playoff experience, right? They went to the you know Final Four last year. They got a taste of it. So now you're get, against a, an animal that's been there. And... Um, now, so have a lot of our guys in our room. That's the, the one, one that's good about our. You know, we've had guys that have been there as well. So that's what I expect out of Edmonton. I, th I think they're a better team. No disrespect to Winnipeg, and um, and I think that's why they they advanced. <clears throat> hey Bruce, Gary Lawless, Vegas Golden Knights. If you were sitting on this side of the room, and you had to distill the series in kind of a small sound bite, like. Know, what's the secret to the series one way or another? How would you wrap it up? Well, a little bit of the uh, discipline uh, to check well. We've done that. We're at our best. Discipline to stay out of the box, obviously, because they're power play. We've done that for 87 games. So those parts, I think, are, are, are set in stone for the Knights. Uh, we're going to have to score goals, too. I mean, they, they score goals. So... Um, that's the way I look at it if you're picking Vegas, if you're picking Edmonton, if you're on that side. Um, you know, goaltending has to hold up just like ours. Um, their penalty kill has to be probably better than it was against LA. Um, and they got to get on the power play to, to fuel some of that offense. Um, you know, if it ends up being a five on five series, then I think, you know, then it's, it's a pick them, right? Everyone's saying they have the special team advantage and on, on paper, on the numbers dictate that. So we have to make sure we counter that either by being better in special teams or really outplaying them five on five. It's one or the other, right? So that's how I see it. You've done this a lot. Do you get a feeling before a series or is it always you, you don't you don't really know how to, what a matchup is? I don't know. I, I don't think you do. I really don't. We do all the work and I'm sure their staff has done all the work, but I think you got to get into it a little bit before you get a real taste of it, unless you're going against the same team every year, right? And I have not gone against Edmonton, nor did I go against Winnipeg. So for me, personally, there's a bit of a learning curve here with, with this team. We did see them a lot at the end of the year, so you get a, a feel for what makes them tick. Uh, I don't know if we ever truly got to our game against Edmonton, like like in a real, got on a real roll against them. I thought we were good up there, both games. One went into overtime, but not great. The last game up there, better. Um, so I want to see us when we're on our game against against them, because they they were certainly on their game in here the last time in here. They were very good, and um, we didn't provide enough of enough, you know, really quality opposition. Was not our best. Last night, very well. Got a new haircut. I felt good. Kind of a personal question from Gary Lawless at the end, asking yep. the head coach uh, whether he slept good last night. Yep. How'd you sleep last night? Like a baby. Really. I never sleep very well anymore. Oh. Chapman and I, we get texting, and then we start uh, going down rabbit holes gotta, of different theories that uh, you gotta learn that are to let things go. I know, I know. I told you, I'm, I'm not very good at that. Uh, so the Golden Knights uh, against the Edmontoners during the course of the year, first three games were four-three results. Yep. And then you had the lopsided final game, the second half of that home and home, in which Edmonton struck for the three power play goals. That's the outlier. Mm -hmm. But you still, during the course of the season, when Vegas didn't have all of its guys going, didn't have top six defensemen in a couple of games. Uh, Mark Stone only played uh, one of the games. Uh, there were some players in and out uh, of the lineup. You still had seven goals, mm -hmm. uh, which tells you and me that we should expect some high-scoring results. Goaltenders are going to have to rinse things. Brassois' mm -hmm. comments yesterday on the VGK Insider Show about being able to let things go and his mental uh, training that he's uh, built in over the experience is going to be huge, and that's going to counter Stuart Skinner. Uh, I asked Lauren Bressois off the uh, to the side earlier this week, like, would he have been able to do this when he was 24 or what kind of challenge it would have been? He said totally different. Mm -hmm. he, not discounting that he wouldn't have been able to do it, but mentally that approach, uh, he has much more uh, ability to uh, travel this path. And uh, and I loved what Bruce added. They're going to have to be able to score goals. Mm -hmm. This is not going into it saying, let's keep them in check, don't give them a lot, 
ex- you want to do it as much as you can, but you're fooling yourself if those guys, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Kane, aren't going to be able to, to put some points on the board. The great part is Vegas has a lot of goal scorers themselves mm-hmm. and a deep basket to choose from. Yeah, 100%. And that's that's the thing, right? Like you... You could say all the all the things about wanting to turn this into a 2-1 series. It's just not that. When you've got McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and Hyman and Kane and Bouchard and that power play, you have to accept that the Edmonton Oilers are going to score. And if you accept that the Edmonton Oilers are going to score, the path for victory for the Golden Knights is to be able to score as well. I think when you look at the Oilers, they, they do not defend at at a, at a super high level. They defend well enough. Stuart Skinner's been good this year for sure, but they are going to give you chances, and you're going to have to put the puck in the back of the net. And I think the Golden Knights have the personnel to be able to do that, lines one through four, and that's going to be the key in the series. Depth has to come through this series for the Golden well, Knights. It's, it's a real transformation from a coaching perspective that we've seen in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. From trying to still play defensive, even after the rule changes, you're still trying to to win with defense. When the other team's as top-heavy as the Oilers are, if you go into it saying, we're going to win with defense, even if you win, Mm -hmm. you're still going to be disappointed because there's going to be goals scored. Yeah. So go into it. This is the part that I really do appreciate out of this coaching staff is they're going into it with their eyes open. Bressois is going into it with his eyes open. You may not have a game where you hold them below four goals, and you still may win the series, which you saw a little bit of in Winnipeg. Now, Vegas, after game number one against the Jets, scored four and a half goals a game. Yeah. Not bad. Against a Vesna Trophy winner Mm -hmm. in Connor Hellebuck. They were injured. There were pieces missing from, from Winnipeg. But they were able to capitalize on the game plan. Can they do that against Stuart Skinner and a guy that has a different style than Hellebuck? Hellebuck, you wanted to take advantage east-west. Stuart Skinner is, based on the homework that I've done with the statistics that I have available to me uh, through different sources, is more vulnerable uh, from a straight-on shot than than Connor Hellebuck was. We'll see uh, whether that transpires and how the Golden Knights attack. This is this is going to be a fun opening game. I don't, to be perfectly honest, I don't put a lot of weight on game one mm-hmm. tonight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to, to see a lot of different elements from this game. But as far as the if Vegas wins, I'm still going to be like, the, there's going to be uh, an extra added adjust there's going to be more adjustments in this series mm-hmm. than there was in the winnipeg series 100 percent. i don't put tremendous stock into game number one either i i am not going to overreact to one game i'm not going to you know put all my eggs in one basket after one result i think what you're going to see tonight is both teams trying to and hoping to get to their game and whatever the result is, what things that did or didn't work, there's going to be adjustments going into game two. And I'm expecting this series, I, I, I said it earlier, I think it's going seven. And I think that you're going to see a lot of different adjustments as we get deeper and deeper into this one. Yeah, I, I expect a six-game series. Uh, seven is very, uh, like, that's calling for a total saw. But I, I think it'll go at least six uh, in this set. If it goes fast that would be uh, a real surprise mm-hmm. given the amount uh, that both teams like Edmonton went to the third round last year and they like there's a great example of the importance of game number one yeah remember the second round series against Calgary it was 15 13 yeah and <laughs> and Edmonton wasn't on the right side of it yeah and you wondered what like it, Mike Smith everything it gets imploding mm-hmm. and Edmonds came back and ran the table yeah. and, and won it convincingly in, in five games. Winnipeg and Vegas. Vegas loses game number one, run four straight. Uh, uh, Colorado and Vegas a couple of years ago. Uh, so so I, I think uh, not overreacting on either result. Yeah. A win or a loss is, is, is important. But uh, I, I think for, I'll say, Bressois' side of it, 
I think you can gain a lot of confidence individually. I think you can gain a lot of confidence from, from game number one. Uh, Team-wise, I don't think it has much influence. Jack Eichel can gain a lot of confidence from, from game number one. Uh, head-to-head with Connor McDavid. Team-wise, I think there's uh, there's a lot uh, with, with a couple of coaches. Jay Woodcroft did a really good job against his mentor in, in Todd McClellan in that first-round series against Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love Rick Bonus. He's been around a lot. I thought Bruce Cassidy outcoached the Winnipeg Jets uh, in, in that first-round series. I don't say that a lot because athletes take over, mm-hmm. uh, but there's certain coaches where I can see their, their fingerprints on it. Yeah, it, I, I think you're right, and I think Jay Woodcroft is, has learned quite a bit, obviously goes to the the conference final, and, and you, you win one game, but you're, you're, you realize how close you are, but yet how, how far away. So I think everyone with the Edmonton Oilers has gotten better and put themselves in a better position this time around. Chris Chapman, uh, we're getting ready to wrap things up, uh, hand things over to Ryan Wallace in the pregame show. Anything that you would like to squeeze in for catching up with Chapman before I do some business right at the end? Yeah, I'll just say that the Devils scored. It's now 3-1 to one in favor of Carolina. Um, they've played a little bit better in the second period. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this series. I, I I, mean, it's a treat. We get to see two of the very best players in the world, maybe the two best players in the world. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be high scoring. Fans are going to be on the edges of their seats all series long. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a buzz when Connor McDavid gets the puck. Mm-hmm. That, that you can't replicate in the National Hockey League. Uh, I think Nathan McKinnon is like that a little bit. There's there's some players that start a rush and everybody holds their breath, whether you're cheering for them or against them, but nothing like what Connor McDavid can do. And we'll see whether there's some frustration that is put in to the Edmontoners, whether they get pissy as Leon Dreisaitl uh, would say to Jim Matheson. I'm going to find Matty, the Oilers uh, reporter. I'm going to find him here and see if he can join us uh, on the program yeah, at, at some point uh, to, to stop by. I, uh, we've got a chance to qualify to win tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights in the second-round series against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, if you uh, get through and you are the lucky qualifier, caller number 9 to 702-876-1340, you will instantly win a two-foot sub from Porta Subs, your neighborhood sandwich shop, and you will go into a draw to attend the Golden Knights against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, don't know specifically what game, but uh, you will be uh, entered into that draw. 702-876-1340. Be caller number nine. Final thoughts uh, as we get ready to uh, hand things off the pregame show and Dan Duva and his uh, his interviews uh, with the players in the dressing room. One versus two from the 2015 draft. Two inexperienced uh, goaltenders and a couple of coaches that uh, are relatively new to this stage. Woodcroft's been there before once, and Bruce Cassidy's never been to this stage on the west side. Yeah, uh, final thoughts for me, let's let's go. I, I, I'm so ready for this, I cannot wait. Um, I, I'm really intrigued by how the Golden Knights handle Obviously, the speed, the high-end skill of the Edmonton Oilers, but the power play—that's going to be something I'm looking at in depth. And you know, more than anything, I just—I'm ready for playoff action, round number two, and the Golden Knights and the Edmonton Oilers. Respect the Golden Knights' offense. I don't think it's getting enough attention that it deserves because of all the talk from the superstars for the Edmonton Oilers. We'll see whether that depth comes through and the ability for players to just get hot and light it up. It's game one, round two, at the Fortress, Vegas against Edmonton on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Enjoy the game. 